a, uh, I used the word in my story that this may have been maybe the low point of the season for the Stars, and I want to explain why real quick, because they've had a, they had a three-game losing streak earlier in the season, there was earlier in the season when there was, going all the way back to October, when they were still, they were still figuring out who they were under Ken Hitchcock, but... To me, this felt like maybe the low point of the season because this is a team that's been playing well. The everything is getting so compacted now as we're getting into this playoff push, and this is the worst possible time to lose your identity. And it did just seem like they did. It did not. It's two games in a row now where the Stars were not the team that they have become. Right? They turned a corner mid-December, played mid-December into mid-January. Really good hockey. Um, you know, what was it, 10 wins and 14 before the Toronto game? This this is... I'm hard-pressed to say that this is a huge problem, although you can hear real concern from the head coach tonight afterwards. Yeah. But they have not come out of any of their breaks this year well. Holiday break, bye week, all-star break. All three of those, the first game back, have not been good. So... If they go to Arizona and play like they're supposed to, I think I still am saying, and I hope I'm not making excuses for tonight's game or sounding that way, because I'm not. But I think I go, you know what? For whatever reason, they don't come out of these layoffs well. Let's see if they turn the corner on Thursday. But it's a that's a bigger issue. I mean, they, after the Toronto game, they should have come out of the game gates tonight firing. And you know what? The LA Kings played an ideal road game. Kings play. The Kings are a team that, and I, I went to both locker rooms post game tonight, and the Kings are a team that really learned from that six game losing streak. No, obviously you never want a six game losing streak, but no, no you never want that. But it's so enough. But that six game losing streak is something that kind of shook that team, and they are. Playing much, they played much. They won back-to-back games with their with their backup goalie Darcy Kemper, who I thought was good, but he was he was as good as he had to be. He wasn't great. He just didn't have to be great, though. Uh, I said the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yep. And the Kings played the ideal road game. They got the early lead. Um, the first goal is a perfect example of just taking advantage of mistakes by the stars and it's the kind of thing that Dallas has been really good at avoiding and you've yep. gone into more of the uh, heat map analytical charts of that really I mean we could say it but then you have some visual representations yep. that Dallas is not giving up high quality scoring chances in that area near the net no, like they not. used to yes and the difference from last year to this year is a real stark contrast that was from that area because three players got caught going after one guy with a puck and somebody's open. Yeah. And it's a league where you talk about the margin of giving open space where Paul Ledoux, a guy who has zero NHL goals before tonight, got up a pretty nice shot too. It's a good shot. He picked his corner. But you would expect most guys, uh, when they get, get that kind of a chance, to put in a pretty good shot. Kings got the lead. They played smart. The Stars didn't really have... I mean, they may have had a quality... I know you track quality chances. There may, I can think of a couple. There's Richie hitting the post and Devin Shore kind of flailing at the rebound that's in midair. Um, but I didn't give Shore one for that. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking... That was of, the only one yeah. in the first period was the yeah. Richie shot that deflected off the crossbar. Yeah. And that's it. 
the entire first period, they had one quality chance. And look, the Stars have been really good. And you can look at the numbers. Their goal differential in the first periods are very good. They're like going in, I think after tonight, they're plus 18. And the Kings are actually awful in the first period. They have a major minus, even in the second, and then they have a plus 30 in the third period, which just says they know how to lock down games and, and it, win it. Late. It also says that when you are playing from behind, you are at least making games close. Yes. Now, in the Stars, the opposite. They have a really high goal differential positively in the first and second periods, and they're minus a lot in the third. And that means that they're not scoring goals and coming from behind in like the third. It's a, it's, it's a result of two things. It's both the Stars, I think, are now 0-10-2 um, when trailing heading into the third period. I'd have to double-check I think that. they only have one point. Okay, maybe 0-10-1 then. Yeah, yeah, something's yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either way, I, I think it's 12 games. Maybe it's maybe it's 0-11. Either way, it's, it's in that or that range. Um, Stars, basically, when they're trailing from behind in the third period... They don't, they don't score. They don't come back. When they're winning in the third period, they don't really score much because they play a style at that point. They're looking they, to lock it, it down. Yeah. yeah. So the third period becomes very uh, predicated on the score for the Stars, and when they are from behind, they haven't really been able to do much. A great example of why looking at stats alone isn't enough. Yes. There have to be a context, and in that context, you can understand greater about it, which is why we always push hard to balance things like watching the game, a.k.a. the eye test, with analytics of stats. Yes. Which, by the way, aren't perfect either because as hard as the NHL off-ice officials that track all the official numbers work to get them right, it's, they're still human. And so things vary and aren't completely specific. But let's not get on a huge yeah, 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 analytical yeah. diatribe. Yes. Um, first period, we talked about that really dominant. I mean... It, First period that was dominated. L.A. You felt it was one nothing, but it felt like L.A. was up three nothing. Just the way the period had gone. Just like, felt like the stars yeah. didn't create anything. Yeah. And then right. second period, um, L.A. adds to the lead. A goal on the uh, officially power play goal for Drew Doughty, where still kind of there's not a really great. Even the overheads have been kind of confusing to see what happens. I need to watch it again. I haven't but, gotten enough. But either either way, um, Ben Bishop makes the initial save, and whether Stephen Johns. Whether it kicks off Stephen Johns or Ben Bishop's momentum. I thought Ben Bishop's When I first saw it, I thought Ben Bishop's momentum carried the puck I in. thought he got a, almost enough of it, but not quite. Yeah. And it just kind of trickled through. But either way, Drew Doughty was fabulous tonight. Oh, he, was, he, he had a tremendous game. He, was, he looked every bit the all-star Norris Trophy winning defenseman that you would expect him to be. And it's in every facet of the game. All three zones. I mean, uh, look, I, I like John Klingberg a lot. I think he's a heck of a defenseman, and I think he's building a great case for a Norris consideration. But then you watch Dowdy, and you see the app, the minutes he plays, power play, penalty kill, up in the zone offensively, back in the zone defensively, passing through transit. He does it all. It, it, he, it's a, he's a fabulous player to watch. He, he had a tremendous game, though. He was, he, was, he was the best player on the end. Yes. And... He was the number one star yes. for a reason. Yeah. And they, and that's the second period. Goes to the third period. I mean, second period was all about special teams. Yeah. Stars, the Kings had the best penalty kill in the league coming yeah. into tonight's game. They showed why, and they had the top road penalty kill. And that is a lethal combination when you can kill off special teams away from home. 
it's one thing to do it at home in front of your crowd where you have the fans that are there to bolster you along, but what a, a, a solid job at stifling a very good Stars power play, you know, top 10 in the league, and then, I mean, geez, to give not only give up the power play goal, but like the, their first power play was a minute into the second period. Mm-hmm. They didn't get anything on it. No. And then no. they had penalty time. And how do you create offense when you are killing off a good Kings penalty or power play, at least of late, yeah. when... And of course, the the Pitlick double minor didn't help no, because no, no, it just no. they, what did they spent six minutes killing in the first yeah. uh, half to 12, 13 minutes or so of the the second period. It really threw off any chance of getting a flow. Yeah, and, and there's no flow. And Stars going to the third period. Brett Ritchie. No. Stars did have some chances, Sean. Just by the way, in, in the yeah. late part, Sagan had the first. It was the Bishop stretch pass that if. If this Radulov is, catches that puck this clean. This is if and if. Yeah. If Radulov catches it clean, it's either a breakaway or a two-on-o, depending on whether or not they go in together or if yeah. Radulov just goes by himself. But I like his chances on a breakaway. Yeah. If they find a way to score on that, it's two-to-one, and I think there's a chance of it, a spark that reignites the team. Yeah. He still ends up getting Sagan a one-timer that takes a deflection and forces a pretty good save from Kemper. And then they get a power play, and Sagan has another one-timer that breaks the stick and has enough momentum to take a deflection again and again. Kemper made a decent save. Yeah. So the two really good chances for for Sagan and nothing to show for it. Yep. And and, and then you go into the third. You go into the third, and Stars have a good chance right early. Where Radulov or Kemper made was the best chance of yeah, the night. I, yeah, I think I, I think it was the best chance of the night. Uh, based on okay. Best chance of the night that they actually got the shot off of. I think they're on could, goal, right? On goal, yeah. Ellie had a great yeah. chance, but whiffs and kind of got a really soft shot toward the net. Yep. And then if Radulov gets that breakaway, obviously right. earlier in the game, um, so Kemper makes the big save. Um, do you think that was Kemper's best save of the night? I believe that was Kemper's best save of the night. Both timeliness, so. yeah, both timeliness coming out of the period where that's a moment where Dallas does score there, makes it two to one. It's a one goal game. A one what, goal game. A minute in. Yeah, 30, not even. Uh, Thirty-five seconds. Thirty-five seconds. Yeah. Wakes the crowd up. All of a sudden, it's a team that, like, hey, maybe we're in this. He makes a save there. And then later, um, I watched it. I watched it a couple times. First time I saw it, I wasn't happy with it. I still don't like it. But talking about the third the goal. third goal that uh, Alec it wasn't Martinez technically shorthanded, but it sure felt yeah, like it. Yeah, the Alec Martinez goal. What it was one second. Yeah. Or I think it was just a second or two after the Stars yeah. power play expired. Yeah, the Alec Martinez goal makes it three nothing. Um, I don't blame Ben Bishop for either of the first two goals, and I'm getting nitpicky on the third goal because it's. Well, he's screened, a goalie. Yes, but he screened on that play. He screened on that play by Jason Spez. He can't see a thing. His reaction suggested, and I don't know if you talked to him afterwards or not. Yeah, we did. It didn't sound like, it didn't seem like from his body language that he ever saw that puck. He never saw that puck around Spez. He didn't see it. Um, my one thing is just I, and this is just a preference for me, I like to see a goalie, if, if you don't know where the play is and you have an idea, you at least have an idea it's on that side, get to your post. Just Get to your post, just and he take a percentage play there. Just take the percentage play. Don't get beat short side. But that's a bit nitpicky, yeah. but I think understandable. Yes, um, makes it three nothing. That pretty much puts the game out of reach, um, and it's a game that a result. I don't know if you took if you took a look at to see the standings after that game, where there's I believe seven teams within three points of each other now. Every, almost everybody that stars didn't want to get a result did. 
Not a, not all of them, but all, all seven teams in the Central Division were playing tonight. Colorado's uh, still playing right now as we speak. Colorado gave up the lead, but I didn't see the finals. I don't know if it was over yet. It was 3-2 last time. Colorado was up 3-2 last time I checked. I thought they tied it. I okay. thought they gave up a goal. Anyway, regardless of that, enough situational play happened that the Stars had a small window between themselves. It was a weird spot. They were three points ahead of the chasing pack in the first wildcard spot, and they were three points behind St. Louis coming into tonight's game. Well, the Stars lost, the Blues won, so now it's five. All of a sudden, five points seems like a lot. It is, yeah. especially in this current, I say current, it might be forever point yeah. system. I keep hoping for a three-point uh, regulation game just to make all games worth the same, but let's get beyond that for now. I can rant an entire car cast about that alone. <laughs> um, and then the team's chasing caught up, so now it's five points up to St. Louis in third and one point from being like L.A. was, yeah. out of the playoff spot, even though they had the same number of points as three other teams. L.A. went from ninth, um, ninth to third tonight, actually. Well, third, in their third, division. Third, third in their division. Right. Yeah. Which so, is a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a mess. And that's exactly why Ken Hitchcock made a lot of pressure, saying we want to look up and, look and try to get into those top three spots in the Central because there are so many teams scraping for those two wild card spots and you don't want to be in that. You want to be above that fray. Yeah, if you, you can help it. You want to be in the spot where you're going into April or late March and April where you're playing for a higher seed. Like a, a home ice seed, chance. Home ice as opposed to Right. Because if there's a little slip up you have some buffer to, yes. to drop. If there is, if you're in the mix there's no buffer. You, you have a couple bad games you're four or five points out of a playoff spot and shocked suddenly when you go We've had a chance all year to be in the postseason, and now we're not. Yes. So it is uh, is not too early to be concerned about that because they're right there. Tonight was an interesting was an interesting aspect of the game tonight because I it's a team game and a team game. And I'm not sure how much he would have impacted it, but it was the type of it was an interesting game to see. If you think about that game and the team having a slow start, just is it any different if you have Antoine Roussel in the lineup? I wondered about that myself, just because of his ability to bring energy and spark something and maybe stir up, it doesn't have to be a fight, but just maybe get somebody off their game or get the crowd going. He, he Look, he's very effective at bringing energy and life to the crowd and to the team. And, and on top of that, that, and that line has been really good. Yeah, with and, and, and on top of that, that line too. I thought Ellie was okay once they put him on that line. Yeah, um, they started with Devin yeah, Shore, yeah, yeah. and actually, I liked Shore better when he was switched with Ellie. Yeah, playing with Dickinson and Yanmark mm -hmm. in the third period, they, he had some better looks. Yeah. Ellie's a lot like Roussel. They're not the same, but they have similar tendencies. Yeah, <coughs> I think it, it was. So here's a real question, John, and maybe we can get over, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're ready to concede our game recap here. Yeah, I'm ready to concede that. Roussel should play, we'll find out for sure tomorrow, but yeah. it he looks like... He practiced this morning. It looks like he should be a go for Thursday's game in Arizona, which is nice. But it felt to me like the Stars were lacking a second weapon yes. offensively. Yes. Sagan Ben Radulov, always dangerous. They created chances tonight. They didn't dominate like they have in recent games. Mm -hmm. But look, every line has a night. 
good or bad. I don't even know if I want to call it an off night. I just think that they could use some help sometimes and not have to be the, the lone creator of offense. Well, and, and, they, and they, I just they, wonder the, the, the Kings, current lines, yeah. and I'll, I'll pose this to you, where is that going to come from? Well, just real quick, the Kings actually talked about Darcy Kepner talked about it tonight. Um, the uh, couple Kings talked about it after the game, how they keyed on that top line. They had to. That's, that's, had to. They pretty much keyed on that top line, and they didn't say they didn't, the following sentences. And we let we were gonna let the the other guys beat us. It would have been okay. They didn't say that out loud, but that's the thing I kept hearing in my head. Where they kept talking about where they were taking out their job was to take, they were taking out the Ben Sagan Radulov line. I mean, that's a, it's an age old yeah. style of defending in any sport. Is we're going to try to take away your best weapon, but we're not gonna let the one thing that you guys rely on beat us. It's like taking away uh, the, the star quarterback or the star running back, depending on what a yeah. team has in football, and say, alright, well, we're going to stop your running game, so we're going to make your mid-level QB beat us with with his arm, or yeah. we're going to take away the passing game and see if you can beat us on the ground. So, to answer your question, though, where does that secondary scoring from <coughs> come from? Excuse me. I, th- I mean... By the way, no cough buttons on the, co- the yeah. uh, car cast. From time to time... It's raw. Yeah. From time to time, the uh, the Fox Alliance steps up from time to time. But you really, I mean, we were saying this before we hit the record button. There's there's a true first line, there's a true third line, and you got six other guys that are kind of figuring out as filler, whether, and they're going to kind of I haven't quite figured out uh, to how to do it. And look, when the top line is rolling and the, the Fox Alliance rolling well, sometimes you can get away with having that top line and others. Yeah. And sometimes you get balanced scoring from everywhere, but it doesn't feel like there is a outright number two line in a traditional sense. No, there's not. There, there's not a so there's not a second line that you need. Um, there's not a second line right now where you're down a goal late in the game. Where you say, okay, who are you going to counter punch after after the Ben line, right. after the Sagan line? Yeah, you don't have that right now. Um, I mean, Jason. Jason Spezza, we keep saying, like, oh, if he steps up and everything like that, but eventually he gets to the point where, like, he hasn't. I mean, you can only say if for so long. Yeah, you can only say if for so long, and it's already, what was tonight's game? 50... 51? 51, I think. So there's only... It's already past the point of the midpoint of the season by 10 games. It's, it, there's... There's no... You need somebody to st- either wake up dramatically... What, 31 games left? I believe so, yes. Is that right? Yeah. 16 road games left. I, I counted after the game. In today. theory, if you scratch Jason Spezza and then play him every other game, because he scores the two goals after every game he's scratched, that'll guarantee 32 goals. I like it. I don't think he would, but I like it. See? <laughs> you still have to figure out what to do in those other... You still have to figure out what to do in those other 16 games when he's scratched. Right. How are you going to fill that? Yes. But, right. <laughs> But if you can guarantee two goals every other game. That's obviously, like, a lot of teams are having injury issues. So Mm -hmm. it's not just, it's definitely not the Stars. Stars have been, other than Mathot and Handel, they've been relatively healthy. Um, The, they are a much different team with a healthy Handel versus a struggling or non-existent Handel in the case of when he's hurt and out. Um, It does change how things are played. If he, he could be your number two center, if you Mm -hmm. want to, or second line center, um, He's not. I don't think he creates a ton of offense, but he does so many other things. I think it opens up in other ways more opportunities and 
And, and, and look, he can be a pretty big net front guy on the power play. He has scored that. It's just, it would love, you'd love to see some line consistency. Of course, tell that to the Winnipeg Jets who lost Mark Scheifele or now Jacob Truba or was it Colorado? So it looks like Nathan McKinnon all of a yeah, sudden is going to have a really nasty injury. Yeah. I think there were uh, Twitter reports of him having a pretty serious shoulder injury, which it's uh, not just bad for the Avalanche, but a shame because he was the second leading scorer in the league coming into the post All Star so, break. We talk about lines, we talk about this. I'll pose this question just to think. So, assuming Antoine Roussel is healthy enough to play against Arizona, yes. who comes out? Um, this is the obvious answer, or the the, the, the immediate thought is Jamel Smith. Yeah, that's the that's the, that's easy, the, that's most, the easy answer. Most ex- uh, expected because he's the low man on the forward totem pole at the moment, mm-hmm. and Roussel goes right back to his line with Fox and Pitlick, mm-hmm. and then the others shake out accordingly. Um, you think there should be somebody else? I know he hit the post tonight. I know it's, but it's. He didn't look bad. But Brett Ritchie is. It's still for me. I think. Oh, I was talking about Jamel. I, I didn't I, think Jamel was. Bad. I, 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 thought, just, I, eh. I thought. I thought Jamel Smith looked like a guy who hasn't played in three and a half weeks. Which is fair because he's played one game of yeah. the Stars last nine. And no, and that's. And I'm saying Jamel Smith. I would keep Jamel Smith in for. Give him another game. Give him another game, just because I think. You know what really bothered me tonight, Sean? And this is the same thing that Hitch said. You heard him confirm it about the compete level. I didn't think Dallas hit anybody. The game felt very flat. I just kind of sat there and went, who's checking? It just didn't seem like the Stars were were bodying the Kings. Now, maybe it's because they didn't have a lot of possession territorially to go in and throw the body around, but it just... I just didn't feel like there were a lot of ch- positive so, hits. I, I know I'm going to hit a nerve on this. I, I know I'm going to hit a nerve on this because it's... But it Do was, it. it was, it it's was, almost midnight. Do it, it. It was odd to me, and I'm not saying your nerve, just other people's. No, no, no. I, I figured you were probably it, not it going was, after me. It, it was odd to me that tonight was the night Dylan Hetherington came out of the lineup. Because of uh, because of Because that, of the matchup. Right. Um, and now I'm not. What do you think about Hawkins tonight? Well, I guess we, he, he's back in after four straight games as a healthy scratch with Hetherington in. I thought he was. I mean, I thought he moved. He up. actually threw some hits. He, he actually hit. I noticed it. Yeah, maybe he, late in the game, I noticed it more. But he threw, he threw some hits. I thought he was fine. I thought he was fine, but it's not like I keep looking for. He wasn't the reason why they lost, no. or why they, you know. He, no, he wasn't the reason why they lost. I keep looking for like the thing. I. My thing with Julius Honka, and I, I think he can be a very good NHL defenseman. I think he can be a really good player. I just keep waiting for him to actually step up into that game and really seize that moment. Because I know, I know, I know, I know someone's going to argue me that he needs more ice time and everything like that. But I'm waiting for him. A really good player goes and seizes that moment in 13 minutes. Like, Within the, the yeah, opportunity yeah. given. I, I, right. I just, he's got... I mean, he's moved the puck well, but he's got. What, I think he has. I think he has four points this year or something like that. Like I, 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 I think I, he's too. I mean, he just said he's too, too conservative. He needs to do more. I, he's well, too safe. Is what is sort of what he said. And whether this is whether this is Honka, this is something that Honka mentally needs to do. And this is nothing. I don't think anyone else can do it for Honka. I think Honka has to mentally figure out what that means for him to play his best right. game. Um, and so I just keep watching Honka play and. I'm not disappointed. Are you just waiting for him to take the next step? Yeah, I just keep waiting. I keep watching him, and I keep watching him and saying, eh, after he plays. But that's not that's not a bad thing. I am not saying that he's playing poorly. Right. I'm not saying that 
I'm not saying that Dylan Hetherington should be in over him. Please don't take it. Anyone don't You're take it. You're not saying that. that the star's fate is different if Hetherington plays yeah, over Honka I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I keep watching Honka play, and I keep waiting for him to be like, okay, yes, that justifies he should still be in. You just want that, that wow moment. Not even. It doesn't even have to be a wow moment. It doesn't have to be a goal. It just has to be... He's been okay. Like, it's not... So you want to see a step up from okay. Yeah. To me, he's just been okay, and I'm not. I'm not saying he's bad. This is a. Th I agree, and I also the other day when we were talking about him, Craig Ludwig, our esteemed colleague, looked at us and fired off expletives and said, "What's? Why are you so obsessed with him?" Part of it was we're looking for detailed discussions because we've talked about the same overall thing for mm -hmm. two months or three months now. But he is a bit right. Is that? Right now, Honka is not one of the main storylines with the stars. As much as people who are in the free Honka movement mm -hmm. uh, might feel that they're a better team with him in, uh, and, and Ken Hitchcock acknowledged and, and, and he can, when, and he, can when he has energy, he said, that yeah. Honka helps the team. Mm -hmm. But when he's lower on energy, he's not as helpful. Honka disagreed. Mm -hmm. He told Bruce earlier today, because Bruce talked to him, I, I was talking to pattern and a couple other players this morning, but he said Honka thinks he's the same, and he's always played against bigger players. He's never been a big guy, so he doesn't feel as though it's anything different than his entire career. See, I, I disagree with the energy. See, this is something where I disagree with Hitch on. I disagree with the energy thing, because um, and I intentionally asked Hitch about it today, where he thought I was talking about Steven Johns, when I was yes. clearly not talking, talking about, about Well, yeah, John Klingberg. I was talking yeah. about John Klingberg, where um, he talked about young, smaller guy loses energy like that. John Klingberg is basic is is just as much of a toothpick as Julius Honk is. He's a lot taller. He's a lot taller, which makes him more of a toothpick if you think about it. True. Julius Honk has more weight per height you than. You just mean that he has a lower center of gravity. Yes, but I think Julius Honk can be a very good defenseman. I think. My my thing with Honka goes back to even before Hitch was here, where I think they botched him not playing the final. 15, 16 games of the year when they... Playing all of them. Yes. When yes. when Pat, when they sold Patrick Eves at the trade deadline last year. And then Jordy Ben. And then Jordy Ben. And I felt like... And, and Lori Korpikoski. So it goes back to them. That's not Hitch's fault. But I still keep watching. When I do watch him, I keep waiting for him to show me and to say to me... And this isn't just my opinion. Because I've, I've been... Cause you know this. I've talked. I try to intention pick other people's brains. I talk to scouts who don't, who have no vested yes. interest in whether Honka plays or not. Because you get an, yeah. a, a more of an unbiased look. Yeah. Right. And I kind of hear the same thing from them, where they go and watch him, and they keep waiting for like, well, where, where, where's the first round pick going to come from? He looks like a good. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good NHL player. But where's the first round pick? Where's the Where's the guy who... And a top 15 first Yeah. Pick. Where's right. the guy that's, that needs to step up? Where's the guy that they drafted and is supposed to be this next guy? And isn't that the same question that many people ask of Jamie Alexiak for years mm -hmm. as the Dallas Star? Okay, he's 6'7", he's notable, but sometimes he's not noticeable for the right reasons, and we're waiting for, is this guy really the first rounder that everybody thinks he can be? Yeah. Is that a fair comparison? No, it is a fair comparison. Obviously, different players in ways, but... And different styles. And... And don't get me wrong, I think Julius Honka may have been in a much better spot if he played all of last year. And maybe if he had a better chance, maybe that gives him in a better spot into the season. And I just keep waiting for, like, 
there's blame in multiple fronts on the Honka situation, in my opinion. And I still keep waiting for the player to, I think, more of him of a player. I guess I guess I, keep, I have a higher expectation where I keep waiting for him to go basically seize the situation and say, look, no matter, even when I'm being put through the adverse situation, I'm that good. Right. And I've yet to see him do that. He's been good, but yet to be like, I need to stay in. This is who I am. I'm, I'm in the lineup. That's Forcing the coaching staff to pull, yes. play him and then add to his minutes. Yes. Right. That's that's my opinion on it. So, um, <laughs> Wow. Got him going tonight. Yeah. Anywho, everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Stars play Minnesota with a... Uh, play Minnesota on Saturday. Retro night. Retro night. On which Saturday. A... a uh, I wonder if Norm Green will be dropping the puck. To 90s, the minute, 90s music, <laughs> 1993 hot dog and soda prices, I guess. Uh, retro uh, warm-up jerseys, so I'm thinking first Dallas Stars jerseys, my guess. I believe so. 93. Probably, probably the one that goes back to the old Shane Sherlad that they Yes. Um, so, um, and uh, who knows? We may have some other news to talk about as well. Have, Never know. Who knows? Everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Have a good night.